This is June 30th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and we are one day away from July, which is absolutely wild, which means we're also that much closer to playoff hockey, which we don't ever say uh, except in this year. This is the year that we can say that July brings us closer to playoff hockey. Uh, on this episode, I had on Matt Kalman, formerly of weei.com. Um, unfortunately, one of the people who uh, was let go uh, due to COVID-19. Hopefully, he'll be back somewhere soon. He's at Forbes uh, writing things right now. Uh, but he, he came on the show and I haven't talked to him in a while. Uh, so it was fun catching up with him. I was next to him for most of the playoffs last year, uh, specifically through the entire cup run. So we, uh, it was nice to catch up, have some good conversation. We talked about, uh, sort of what if a player decides they just don't want to come back for health reasons or other reasons, potential hub cities, which are supposed to drop this week. If they have not already, this is a recording on a Monday, so maybe it, Drops Monday night. I don't know. Um, and then we get into a fun conversation on who on the Bruins currently would be in the Hall of Fame. And it's a lot less than people think. Um, before we get into the conversation, uh, when most people try to lose weight, they think exercise. Uh, whether they actually start exercising or not, the results are normally the same either way. I say the same because losing weight is all about, wait for it, nutrition. Nutrition, that's what it all comes down to. With Awaken 180 Weight Loss, you'll receive a customized nutrition plan, weekly one-on-one coaching, and the option to receive 80% of your daily foods to help you lose weight your first week and each week after until you're down to your ideal weight. During your weight loss transformation, you'll be gaining the tools to know what and how to eat so you can keep that weight off for the long term. As always, Awaken 180 will provide you free support for life. Free support for life. It's worked for Cedric Maxwell, Scott Zolak, Dan Ray, Kyle Draper, Andy Gresh, and thousands of others. And guess what? It's quarantine, and it's your turn. Now it is your turn. You're up next. Call the Long-Term Solution for Weight Loss and the official weight loss program of the Boston Red Sox, Awaken 180 Weight Loss, online at awaken180weightloss.com. Also, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in, wait for it, the BizNaz, baby. All the best props in the business. BizNaz, business, BizNaz, business. Same thing, BetOnline, the best. Visit BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts and best in the business. The other thing about BetOnline is they have updated uh, Stanley Cup playoff uh, odds you can bet on, which are coming up soon. So that's also something you can do because I know you guys are obviously a hockey audience. If you want to bet on hockey things, they have that. So without further ado, here is my conversation. I gotcha. You thought that your phone malfunctioned, your audio malfunctioned. The, 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 the pause was so long. You probably checked your phone. Oh my God. But at any rate, here's my conversation with Matt Kalman. And we're here with Matt Kalman. Matt, what's up? How's it going? You didn't know how to, you don't know how to identify me, like free agents or. 
I don't usually identify in the. Oh, okay. I usually identify in the intro that I do, but um, yeah, how have you been? Eh, bored mostly. Take a lot of long walks and follow Twitter. See all the well, nonsense. I, oh, the nonsense is everywhere. But the the long walks is kind of everybody right now. I feel like the first month of quarantine, that was all I did was walks. You know, walk through the woods. And then I got bored of it. I was like, I can only do this trail yeah, so exactly. many times I get bored. But Yeah, for a um, while it was like a way to like replace driving to listen to podcasts and keep up on that. But then even that got boring. So, yeah, it's, that's, uh, it's funny. I do now. Uh, well, I've had to go up to Amherst a few times. So I listen to podcasts driving up there. But a lot of my podcasting listening comes when I play Xbox. I'll play some NHL, put headphones in, and then I just I'm pl- I'm, I'm listening to podcasts for three hours. Um, I don't know what you so you, you still walk and listen to podcasts. Or you just not listen to anything at all now. No, yeah, I listen to podcasts, maybe a little music, and uh, you know a couple errands every week. Maybe go to the grocery store once every other week, pick up some takeout. About not it. a bad thing. Where, what do you what podcast do you listen to? Oh, mostly. Uh, Mark Marin, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, uh, Baseball Tonight, Hockey Central, you know, 31 Thoughts, of course, stuff like that. Yeah, I've I've been less and less on the sports end of it lately. I'm actually uh, – I listen to Joe Rogan. Uh, of course to, you do. <laughs> I like – I think it's interesting. He has a lot of different perspectives on. Um, I listen to sports ones. You know, I'll catch up on stuff. Um, but, yeah, so – where can people find your work right now? Or are you completely a free agent? I'm completely a free agent, except for the little bit of work I do for Forbes.com. And, you know, obviously I tweet that stuff out. But right now, uh, and what happens too is that my I can only write a certain uh, number of stories a month for them. So I have to be judicious in what I decide I'm going to write about and what I'm not going to write about. And then <laughs> it's always a panic toward the end of the month. It's like, oh, if I write something now and something happens in like the last three days of the month, will I be screwed or it's a lot more stress than it should be for something that doesn't pay that much. And, uh, it's so relaxed, but at least every once in a while, it's, it's hard too. I don't know about you, but sit down to write now. And when you write once every 10 days, it's a lot harder to put your thoughts together and keep it organized. So it is. And I think that's a big thing. I mean, with, with there being no real like big news, at least in the Bruins world, which is the one thing I write about, yeah. you know, there's not, we're not at games. There's no, you know, right, right now, usually it's June, we're recording this on June 29th, you know, we'd be diving into free agency and, you know, where's Tory crew going to sign. And that's not even happening now. It's oh, just, yeah. you know, little tidbits on COVID and who has right. it, who doesn't. And there's not, a, I mean, there's not a lot to opine about. It's funny though. I mean, with the Patriots, they just got Cam Newton, you know, yeah. if we were Patriots beat writers, we'd have a gold mine of things to talk about and to write about. Bruins, yeah. I mean, there's... Well, Patriots writers have had a lot to write about most of this. The, the Patriots have kept uh, everybody going, right? So It's true, they have. So we'll get into a little bit of Bruins stuff. Um, so it's funny, Bruce Cassidy talked uh, Monday morning. So we're recording this on Monday, but for the listeners, we won't say today because you'll be confused. We'll say Monday morning. Uh, and he was asked about if players have shown any hesitations in doing the in, in, in jumping right back into playing right and he said nobody is of yet hopefully nobody going forward I think the players want to get back to training camp and see what it's going to look like so far so good on our end uh with everyone in the organization on that and then someone asked uh about what if a player was what if a player came to him and said he didn't want to play I thought he had an interesting answer he said we try to get to the root 
Is it a health issue or is it something deeper in there? Uh, if that's the way they felt, I don't know how we stop them. It's that simple. I think it's the player's right to work in a safe environment. Um, and I think that's true. You know, if someone comes to him and says, look, I don't want to play because of health reasons. I want to come to play because I won't see my family for three months. Right. I mean, what can you say to that? Um, and I, I, do you think this will ever pop up with this team? Well, I mean, I think two two things have happened today that uh, on Monday, like you said, that uh, kind of that I was just reading about before we got on this call at four o'clock on Monday is, uh, well, first off, in MLB, you have three players that are opting out already, just like you're talking about. They just decided they're not going to play. There's no uh, serious reason for them. They're not sick. They're not um, compromised, but they just don't see the the risk being worth it. You know, Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross from Washington and um, Mike Leake from Arizona. So, and that's just the start of the MLB players. We don't know who else is going to come out in the next couple of days. And then the second thing was the NHL put out that report that uh, of the people that are reported phase two, uh, right? Phase two, phase three, whichever one it is now. Yeah. Um, they, what, 6% have tested positive so far. It's kind of high. I mean, you, I guess you're always going for a 2% um, infection rate. And uh, so six is kind of high, it seems. And I think when it comes to it, I mean, we know the hockey players, they've been taught forever to play regardless of what's happening, whether it's Patrice Bergeron and his collapsed lung or Chara and his demolished face. And, you know, you talk about all these things, but then you see some of these guys, you hear, uh, you know, Kevin Bieksa, the former defenseman, he's gone on several podcasts and shows and talked about players he's talked to that say they um, are kind of leery of playing as opposed to when they would, they would play through whatever injury. This is a little different for them. So um, it, and it's tough to, too. You can't say now what's it going to be in three weeks. And that's why they've waited so long, right, to, to name these hub cities is that they don't, everything is changing on the ground every day. And, and plus you have to get the facts as, as opposed to the lies that are coming out of certain places that are trying to downplay everything to, to benefit, you know, them politically. So it, it's got to be a hard thing. And I think that any player would be within his rights. You know, when Artemi Panarin brings up escrow, it's like, <laughs> way, way to miss, way to miss the point here, dude. Uh, um, but you know, and obviously, and also to show that he doesn't understand what escrow is, but nonetheless, um, you know, the financial ramifications are one thing, the health things, reasons are another, and you couldn't really blame anyone, especially guys that have young children that have had, that have babies. And, and of course the most important one is the pregnant wives. Yeah. And it's funny, you hit on a really important point is that hockey players don't you know, they, they fight through these things typically, right. fight through injuries. Not usually, they don't usually have to face a pandemic, but in this case, all signs would point to they do fight through it. Um, and that's why I feel like if there's any league that does make this return, it's the NHL and it's these players. They're just like, no, and I don't feel like there's not, I feel like there's not going to be a lot of players who do say, I don't want to play because of health reasons. There was an interesting thing. This is the NBA. Uh, and Woj reported on this on June 22nd was that uh, the Trailblazers, Trevor Reza, was opting out of the NBA restart because of visitation things with his son. Yeah. I guess he had a one month visitation window with his young son to right. visit with him. Okay. Um, it was something over. Yeah. Uh, it says a starter has been involved in a custody case over his 12 year old son and the mother's decision to grant a court ordered one month visitation right. period during the league's quarantine of teams in Orlando, Florida, led a reason to choose his parenting responsibilities over competing with the Blazers. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen in the NHL, but there's also yeah. wives. I mean, 
saying these, you know, why, why are you leaving the family for, you know, four months or family members saying it's funny. I I heard somebody talking about what if my kids get sick while I'm out with it, you know, I'm, I'd be more worried. What if your wife gets sick while you're out and no one's there to take care of the kids? So exactly. That's the whole other part of it. And just, um, you know, it's going to, you know, and they keep talking about, Oh, I'm sure the league will keep us safe and, and all these things. But when you think about how, in the first place, it took the NBA so long to shut down in the first place, and then the NHL basically reacted to that. Um, you know, right up until the night before, there were games, right? <laughs> they weren't thinking too much about protecting anybody. So, um, and the fact is, you could try to protect everyone, but it's not a, it's not, it's never going to be perfect. And especially, I mean, I don't, I don't even understand how these guys are going to stay in this bubble. Any of the sports, but you know, because we're talking about hockey right now, and where you don't have any of that, you know, get away from the rink kind of life. Um, not even just for, not even for bonding, but just for your own mental capacity. You're just going to go and, and play, and then you're going to sit in a hotel room or in a hotel restaurant, you know, in these safe places, and it's it's kind of daunting. I think I don't think these guys really quite understand what it's going to be, especially when you're not going to have necessarily as much, you know, of the training staff there. The the, uh, the 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 uh, things to, to you know the, all these different machines they have and all the t- type of treatments they get it, it's going to be and, and to do it for two months at least you know if you're if you're going to be uh, don't even say the two teams that are going to the final the teams that are going two rounds and um, that might be a harder thing than just than getting if there's if there's a rash of infections I mean just living your life like that is going to be a heck of a thing. Well, now for these teams that are in the play-in rounds, there's two reasons to lose. Number one is to <laughs> is, is to right. you know not be there anymore, and number two is potentially get the first overall pick in the draft. Oh, I mean, man. that was the whole crazy thing. We really can't discuss it with Bruins because the Bruins have no chance yeah. of getting the first overall pick. They probably trade it within a few years, anyways. Uh, but you know, when you think about that aspect of get a you know, like we like yeah. us. We need to get away from doing oh, right, our jobs exactly. and doing other things. And you right. mentioned walks and, you know, I'm younger. Granted, I have Xbox, which is amazing, but that is not going to take yeah. up all of my time. Like it's boring after a little and bit. And also, I mean, they're going to have this extra group of players with them, right? This, I mean, I'm not sure what they came to. What, did they ever put out the final number of how many extras they're going to have? Cassidy said about 20 to 28 to 30 skaters today. I believe that's what he said. All right. So that's only like, what eight or nine extra and then at least two of them are going to be goalies right so think about when the Bruins played Ottawa and lost five defensemen like right off the top so yeah if that happens to you like where are you getting players from or <laughs> that's that's John Michael Lyles and Lee Stempniak are on speed dial for exactly I mean I you know from day one when they talked about resuming and this is especially true for baseball and, and, and for hockey as well, but I think baseball was like the, at the forefront at the beginning because everyone expected baseball to be the first back, is how many how many players is enough to have when, A, you have players that are going to get a lot – you're going to have probably more injuries than you normally would, right, just pulls and strains from guys being out so long. And then going into playoffs, instead of having a real training camp, I mean, no matter what you say, you know, it's not going to really be – it's not, you're not going to have that, you know, five months of playing before you play in the playoffs. (laughs) So that's going to cause things. And then just, are you not going to be able to replace players that stink? Cause you're going to have to think twice about like, okay, this guy might be, you know, terrible, but he's better than the guy who hasn't played in, you know, three extra weeks that hasn't played in the game. (laughs) What happens when the perfection line dries up? 
what exactly. happens when they turn in a performance like they did in the Stanley Cup? I mean, I mean maybe, maybe you're counting on like Studnicka to just be a young guy and just jump in there with all his youthful enthusiasm. I guess I don't know. I mean, yeah, all that enthusiasm. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what shape some of these guys are in. I mean, we all. I think the first thing we all thought of when they went out was, oh, gee, what's Brett Ritchie going to look like, like when he comes back, right? So, or Nick Ritchie, I mean. Or Nick, yeah. Whichever, whichever Ritchie. I mean, they're just, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, well, they're they're up quarantining together in uh, their, their family's farm, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so they're, you know, I don't know. We talked to them a, f- a, month, or t- a month ago. He looked fine. We can only see his face. So, uh, exactly. you know, <laughs> who knows? As long as his face is fine. Exactly. I mean, not, I mean, not to pick on it, but I mean, the fact is that the guys didn't have the right. It's not even a, a thing where you're going to pick on somebody for being lazy or anything. I mean, the guys didn't. I mean, we heard so many guys said they didn't have the equipment at home, and it was sold out when they tried to order because everyone was doing the same thing, right? So yeah. What's funny though is, I mean, I'm not a hockey player, but I'll put myself down as someone who's gotten in better shape since quarantine started. I yeah, haven't worked out consistently in months, exactly. and, and right. I, you know, gone down to the basement, done a bunch of, you know, like prison push-up workouts <laughs> like, i have no equipment but i I've, I've lost you know a little bit of the beer belly and kind of shed some uh some extra weight even though i didn't really have much of it to begin with but hey i'm in better shape why the hell can't these guys be no but yeah i mean it is true they don't have the equipment and they usually do have all this equipment and they have people working with them so um we'll give them the benefit of the doubt there you mentioned hub cities very important uh, a lot of people thought it would be vancouver and somebody, Vancouver, dropped out last week, said we do not want that here. So now it feels like there's there's five that they're talking about. It's Chicago, L.A., Toronto, Vegas, and Edmonton. The latest um, report The latest report basically says Toronto and Vegas are, are done deals. But So that's what I think. I think Toronto and Vegas should be it. Yeah. If not, then if not Vegas, then Edmonton. Right. Um, Tor- Toronto and Vegas at least seem like the most uh, equipped to handle it. Uh, I still don't know how they're not going to, like, if you're quarantined in Vegas, how do you not want to go <laughs> down the street to the casinos or to the nightclubs? Well, the nightclubs aren't open, but the, the or maybe they are in Vegas. I don't know. Um, but what, like, are these, are these, t- are these areas able to actually keep these guys contained? Like, how do you, like, cause the NBA has talked about, you know, having video games there and movie screenings cause all this Disney stuff. Right. What's the NHL going to do? Have like country singers perform? I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do here. I don't know what they're going to do to amuse them. I mean, I guess at the very least, you know, I'm thinking about this out loud just when you're talking about it is like with Vegas, at least, I mean, while you can't go out necessarily to the restaurants, there's, there's so many amazing restaurants that they could get takeout from. So that might be a, a boost to the business. And it's also be some variety. So there'll be that aspect of it, I guess. I mean, I don't know how much these guys eat, you know, non, you know, obviously, you know, Patrice Bergeron is, you know, Charles still going to have wheat germ or whatever, but some of the guys probably like to eat real food. And so that might be one benefit. And I guess, you know, beyond that, if they're in the hotels, maybe they can close the pools off, the pool off just for having for the players so that they can swim a little bit. It's going to be 120 degrees, but you know, they have air conditioned bungalows and stuff so they can do that. I mean, there's, I guess there's enough, ways to entertain guys in the casinos and if you're keeping the public out you can even you could even have the some of the tables be open for the guys to gamble a little bit um who has the biggest cannonball of the pool (laughs) yeah exactly and i know gary bettman's opinion of it would be to have gambling but he's the one who put a team in vegas and is going to let them have vegas as a hub city toronto on the other hand i mean you know i guess as far as the, the restaurants are the same but it's maybe not as uh 
exciting. It's just the, the hotels are maybe more, they're not resorts like the ones in Vegas. So that's a little different. And, um, I guess guys can go get a private tour of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Toronto's going to give, uh, the Bruins, the, uh, you know, some rooms in a Motel 6, uh, and let them, uh, exactly. Go to town well, that's just it. Everyone's going to know where they're staying. They're going to be getting nonstop emergency calls, fire alarms, you know, everyone's yeah. going to torture the Bruins. Yeah. Cause they're, they're going to want, finally, Toronto's playing a little bit into the summer. That's the first for them. Um, but that is a good point. I mean, you do wonder if they're going to release where these guys are at. People are going to find out, you know, if they call well, it's it. Only gonna, the, yeah. I mean, there's only going to be a few hotels stuff. that they can use. So it'll be easy to narrow it down. Yeah. Um, and I wonder what they do with the Maple Leafs. I mean, the Maple, like they're just going to be in their own homes. They're going to, yeah. Like, I mean, they, they're saying now that originally they had said that maybe they were going to have the team not play in its, in its hub. But I think that was maybe more when they were doing four. With the two hubs and the fact the way things are going to hell in some places, I think they're just letting them t- stay in their home. It doesn't. It's not like it's that much of an advantage. I mean, there's no fans, so all, yeah. all, the only benefit is if they. I think they actually did say something. They may not let, let them use their locker room, which is stupid. That is but, stupid. Yeah. You know, so that's hey, the you know only what? benefit. If Toronto loses, do you know how great the jokes would be that they lost with the playoffs in their own city? That would just be yeah. Tremendous. Well, I guess we we don't know where they're going to play the final, so maybe they'll play the final there in, the, in Toronto and finally get to see the Stanley Cup, except when it comes to visit the Hall of Fame, you know, so. Good for them. I know, right? Good for them. So you mentioned the Hall of Fame, and I want to get into this. Okay. Uh, because obviously the Hall of Fame uh, has come up. Marion Hosa got in, Jerome McGinley, former Bruin for a year, almost a year and a half, but he chose the wrong place. Uh, Jerome McGinley got in, um, and it begs the question that we ask all the time, who are the current Hall of Famers on this Bruins team. And to me, Matt Kalman, yeah. there's two, maybe three, and potentially four. So the, the definites are Bergeron okay. and Chara, as everybody's, okay. everyone agrees on that. But then here's right. the maybe, here's the potentially. Yeah. Maybe Rask. Right. They are weird about goalies. Yeah. And you have to ask the question with Brad Marchand. You know, right. is he, you know, yeah. if he continues on this pace, he's controversial, but Definitely, you know, with the numbers he he put up this year, last year, if he does that for, you know, a few, right. put him out more years, I think he's the guy who gets in. Guy who does not get in is David Krejci. David Krejci's not a Hall of Famer. The stuff about David Krejci being a Hall of Famer is nonsense. Um, but who would you pick? Who would be your guys? Yeah, I mean, it's way early, but obviously Pasternak's on the track. I mean, if he – That's true. The way he scores and he if he, if he stays healthy, he's obviously going to have an Ovechkin-esque career. He's not going to necessarily challenge Gretzky's record the way Ovechkin is, but – um, he's up there, you know, like I said, Bergeron definitely is in there. He's first ballot. If Marion hosts his first ballot, then Bertrice Bergeron by far is, uh, so Daniel Charler clearly is a first ballot. I mean, the guy is just, um, he's a, a groundbreaking player that you'll never see the type that type of player maybe again in our lifetimes to have, to be that size and have that agility and all the strength and everything that he's accomplished. And the Marshan thing, you're right. I mean, you see some of these goal scorers, um, if he can, if he can rack up a few more 40 goal years or, you know, I guess now that he's more of a playmaker, maybe some, you know, 60, 70 assist years. Uh, and if they, especially if they win the cup a second time, he'll be a factor, but, um, there are some things holding him back because he didn't really start hitting his stride goal scoring wise until he was a little older. And, um, you look at guys like John McClare, Keith Kachuk, um, that come and Mogilny, the guy who everyone we keep bringing up. I, I don't know. I think the only people that don't think Alexander Mogilny is a Hall of Famer are people that are on the Hall of Fame committee. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't, maybe I haven't read enough. I haven't read any arguments against him. So 
you know, it's it's clearly hard for wings, and it's hard, like you said, for goalies. Tuka Rask clearly has been an, an elite goaltender for more than a decade. He's an original six franchise, you know, their all-time leading games played, wins. He uh, was he's, Is he still the all-time leader in save percentage? I know that, that, that changes I have, sometimes. I have to check. I yeah, he's, he's up there in the top three or five. Um, two trips to the finals already. But, you know, so maybe the, if you look at it right now, the, the, the Hall of Fame goalies right now are probably him and Price. I don't know. Maybe you put Crawford and Quick in there as well. Um, Quick was a little too short, and Crawford's, I felt like, has yeah. was a, too short of a prime. Well, he won two cups, though. And, and, and that's just – I don't know what they judge goalies on because, to me, why isn't Curtis Joseph in the Hall of Fame? Why isn't Tom Barrasso in the Hall of Fame? Um, the goalies really get a short shrift there. I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And since they never have any transparency and never explain themselves, we, we don't know what, what they're lacking. But they've opened – I mean, I'm not one of these ones who's against Kevin Lowe in the Hall of Fame. I mean, people who covered Kevin Lowe and saw him on a regular basis say – that even if he wasn't an elite Hall of Fame talent, that he was a he was a, such a huge contributor on and off the ice to six Cup winners, that there's no problem with him being there. I mean, and it's so hard to quantify these defensive defensemen, but uh, they've opened themselves up a little bit to some can of worms here, where you're not going to see guys that have won the Cup six times, but they're going to be equal or better as him at being a stay-at-home defenseman, and they're going to have to determine which ones go in the Hall of Fame. That's that's the only issue with me with him going in to me. And it's going to, and it, it, that relates to the goalies to me because how we don't know how they're judging the goalies. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, I think once, if Rask can get that cup as a starter, I think he's oh, yeah. a guy who gets in. Yeah. Um, if he gets the cup, he's definitely in. But again, you can't really, I mean, I hate people that base it on just on that, just the championships. I mean, and that's part of the problem, part of the problem too, maybe with the Kevin Lowe thing, not nothing personal against him, but like how much could, should you benefit from being on a team that won the cup? <laughs> You know, six times and especially five times with the with the with Edmonton and playing with how many other Hall of Famers were on those teams. Yeah, and the thing is with with the Hall of Fame, like I'm a huge championship guy and and judging people off that. But when it comes to the Hall of Fame, like the regular season means almost more in a sense because that was the majority of your 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 playing time in some exactly. sense. Exactly. Um, and it shouldn't keep a guy out if the rest of his team was yeah not too great. Um, and it's the same with, you know, obviously Jerome McGinley got right in. Um, and the other thing is you mentioned Chara. Was it you last year who said that you thought Chara was better now than he was in when in his Norris trophy year? Didn't you say something uh, to that have effect? I that. I mean, to Daniel Chara, you know, 2008 through 2013 is just unbelievable. You know, I mean, he's, he's definitely, you know, it's amazing to see how he's how well suited he is at 43 now for the game, the way it's played and how much ridiculously faster it is. I, I don't even necessarily say it's better. I think we just know it's faster, but no, I mean, those that Norris years and, and the other years where he didn't win the Norris because they were just writing in Lidstrom every time. Um, you can't compare. I mean, it, it was just unbelievable the way he was in those years and, and the cup year, but, but especially that Oh nine Norris year, he was just unbelievable that year. I mean, to, to look at the defenseman he had around him on that team. And, you know, just watching the uh, Fenway Winter Classic last night and watching, you know, they had a defense pair of Derek Morris and Matt Hunwick. And, oh, my God. You know, it was just <laughs> it's kind of a clown show out there. And that was just in, you know, d- January of that year. By the time they got to the playoffs, you know, Morris was gone. And, and you know, 
so then you look at the year before that with, uh, you know, Ference, who wasn't really Ference yet because he couldn't stay in the lineup. He was blowing up his groins every other day. And, and Aaron Ward was kind of down on his last, you know, legs. And, you know, the late Steve Montador was playing some forward and playing some D. So that, that decor was even worse than the 10, the 10 one. And here he was carrying them to the game seven in the second round. He was just phenomenal. And remember, remember what an offensive player he was. I mean, he played on the first power play and no one could stop his shot. And he, and he, he hardly ever used the slap shot and uh, could put up some points. So that was his prime was, was prime. I mean, if, if he quit, let's say he retired th- at 40. I mean, he was a hall of fame or an automatic. Hall oh of fame yeah. Right there. Absolutely. So, you know, anything now is gravy. And then Matt Hunwick was also a power play quarterback back then, which uh, I watched for highlights now, and I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Well, also, Dennis Weidman was on those two. Well, that's just well. It. when I was on the last night, Weidman was on PP1, and uh, he was the he was the, the lead guy on that one. And PP2 was Bergeron and Morris were the were the points in at Fenway oh. Park. Well, also I remember um, towards the 2013 years, the towards the middle, Claude was using him in front of the net. Yeah, Char was using Char in front of the net here right. and there, digging in yep. corners and stuff. Yeah, they they were begging them to do that for years, and then he finally did it, and it worked. You know, it worked enough. I think actually, um, in 2011, didn't he do it in 2011? I recall sure. that. I just remember the 2013 when he's in front of the net screen yeah. grimer. I just remember so. that vividly. But yeah, no, I mean he it is incredible. Um, and the offensive side of him was also extremely good. It's funny to see the watching those old games. Even in 2010, just 10 years ago, how much the, the, the NHL game has changed. Like, I look at how hockey, the way the game is played now versus then, and it's just so different. You know, it's just so much more skill-based and a little more crisp now. Back yeah. then it was more, you know, dump and chase. Speed wasn't as big of a thing. So, yeah. um, it is cool yeah, the to game see now it's, it's, it's just not as physical at all. I mean. No, it's not. Some of the things they used to do was just, like you said, even just five, ten years ago. <laughs> It's kind of crazy that I mean you hope that it, it keeps people's interest because it's hard. Yeah, no, it's uh you know the 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 Bruins need a tough guy type uh, mentality uh, these days. But anyways, Matt, uh, thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, so people can read you over at Forbes, and then I I, mean, I think you get picked up once hockey or once sort of things start up again, uh, hopefully, uh, yeah. and then people can listen to you more on here. Cause no more, um, no more skate pod. So, uh, you'll, you'll work your way into one of the recurring guests know. on, uh, Bruins beat now. But anyways, Matt, uh, thank you for joining, uh, and for stealing us media. I'm Evan Marinowski. You Bruins beat listeners have a great rest of your week. Yeah.